Welcome to the podcast of New Life Church. We hope that the messages, topics, and discussions that you find here will encourage and challenge you in your relationship with Jesus Christ. So, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 6, we're going to read down through verse 8. It says, Yet we do speak wisdom among those spiritually mature, believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding. But it is a higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers and leaders of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God, that wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory to lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I was reading that passage from the Amplified Version And I want to read that last verse again as it's talking about in this passage um, being spiritually mature believers and being able to spiritually discern and that the wisdom of this world is much different than the wisdom of God. They're completely different wisdoms. And verse 8 kind of sums up this whole passage by saying none of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom godly wisdom for if they had they would not have crucified the lord of glory Uh, tonight i want to uh, discuss some things with you and we're going to cover this subject it's preach, teach type deal, and I'm going to do it from a very biblically based um, stance, which I always uh, try to do, Uh, but I want us as the church, as New Life Church, to be able to align ourselves in God's perfect will and to be able to say that we did what God Uh, called us to do, and we were about um, kingdom business, uh, the will of God, doing what God's called us to do. And so uh, tonight, I want to address that, and uh, if you'll hear me out through the whole message in the end, uh, you will uh, know uh, my my, um, stance on what we're going to talk about. So we're going to title tonight's subject, Opinion perspective, discernment, opinion, perspective, discernment. And uh, let's, let's uh, hear what God would say to us tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God, we are so grateful to be a part of your kingdom, be a part of your church. And God, I'm asking tonight that as we uh, dive into your word, that your word would be a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, illuminate uh, our lives where we are today. And I pray, God, that your will would be accomplished in our lives and through New Life Church. We give you all the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. It was a typical day. However, 
there had uh, never been, neither would there ever be again, a day like this day. The city was bustling with busy people preparing for the big event. For roughly 1,500 years, the Jews had continually and resolutely observed Passover. Remembering that fateful night in Egypt after they had slew a lamb and applied the blood of that lamb to the doorposts of their house, they went inside the house that was now covered in the blood of that sacrificial lamb and they waited. God had said death would come upon the firstborn of every home where blood had not been applied. But every home where the blood of the lamb was applied, death would pass over them and they would be saved. So every year after that, they would have Passover and remember what God had done. And it was Passover again. And people were focused on their tasks of preparation. They needed a spotless lamb. They needed ingredients for unleavened bread. And so the list went on. It had been uh, a, a, a busy time. And this, this preparation had to be just right. The expectations had been clearly laid out in the book of Exodus, and they were focused on following God's word fully. Their opinion did not matter. Their obedience is what was required. Yet, in those 1,500 years of keeping the Passover and following the way God had laid out, they failed to recognize what was among them now. Some did. In fact, we can actually say many did. But many more should have recognized the time had come and they would not need a lamb this time next year because the lamb of God had been among them and the time had come for him to take away the sin of the world through the death on the cross. Approximately 33 AD to 36 AD would be the time period in which Jesus Christ died on the cross. He had been walking on this earth for around 33 years. In the time period leading up to the birth of Christ, throughout his life and for some of the years following, there was an intense political upheaval, and unrest. The Jewish people wanted their national sovereignty, and a group known as Zealots were constantly working on a revolution. In fact, one of them we know as Simon the Zealot, who was in fact one of the twelve disciples of Jesus. There was also the Roman Empire, who had conquered Israel and much more of the known world. And the region of Judea was a Roman province under Roman rule. Rome was all about what we would call today a one-world government. Caesar was the world leader, and the kingdom of Rome had a far and fierce reach. 
There were Pharisees and Sadducees and other religious sects that were more focused on their own interpretation of Holy Scripture rather than focusing on loving the Lord their God with all of their heart, mind, and strength as we find in the book of Deuteronomy. In other words, politics, religion, and revolution had clenched their claws into the society in Judea and people needed hope. In this environment, Jesus was born. And like the seed of a tree seems small and unimportant, though when it's planted and grows, it will change its surroundings, Jesus came into this world as a baby in a manger, undetected by the masses. However, his identity was discerned by a few. An old prophetess named Anna, an old man named Simeon, three wise men from the east, and some shepherds who supernaturally received revelation from angels who told them where they could find the Savior of the world. There was no parade. There was no post. Just the ones who discerned the times and saw the Christ. This is how Jesus, the majority of the time, ministered. He uh, was secluded, if you will, many times. He ministered to the ones. He didn't seek to attract a crowd for the sake of attracting a crowd. Many times he would heal people or deliver people and then charge them to tell no one who it was that had forever changed their life. Jesus was an undercover deliverer, if you will. Yet, his disciples over and over again would ask him when he was going to overthrow Rome and set up his throne and restore Israel. And Jesus over and over again had to remind them that he had not come to set up an earthly kingdom. His kingdom was not of this world. This statement he declared to Pilate. Jesus saw the world through the lens of the Spirit. Sin, death, the problems in society are because mankind has a spiritual problem. The only way to provide a solution is to provide himself a sacrifice for our sin. This Jesus knew. That's why he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In a society that was polluted by politics, religion, and revolution, Jesus had only one message. 
I've come not to condemn you, but to save you. That was Jesus's message then, and that must be our message now. Despite the politics, despite the religion, despite the revolution, let us tell the world that our only hope is Jesus. We cannot forget this fact. We cannot ignore that this is how Jesus acted and reacted when he was walking this earth. Jesus was not distracted by what was going on around him, but Jesus was able to discern the need that was around him. The need was people desperately needed hope. They needed an answer, and their answer was not found in the political structure. Their answer was not found in the religious structure, and their answer would not be found in a revolution. Their answer was only found in Jesus Christ, who was and is the Lamb of God that has taken away the sin of the world. Jesus, on the final day, Before his death, he stood before a ruler, a governor, and a religious leader. And they all were wrong. They all missed it. They all failed to see. Their opinion of Jesus was that he's just a man. Their perspective of Jesus was he is a threat to society. He is a threat to our structure. But their discernment of Jesus was nothing. You cannot discern spiritual things with human intellect. You can have opinions with your human intellect. You can have perspective with your human intellect. But you cannot discern with human intellect. You cannot discern spiritual things, spiritual motives, spiritual revelation with human intellect. The man that had stood before them, that created a buzz throughout the region, the lame were walking, the dumb were talking, the blind could see, the deaf could hear, and the dead were raised to life. But Pilate, Herod, and Caiaphas could not discern that God in flesh was standing before them. They were so caught up in their politics, their religion, and the revolution that they missed Jesus. They could not see who was standing before them. They they, they didn't see who he was for who He really was. They they couldn't see past their preconceived ideas. They couldn't fathom that that their only hope would be clothed in such humility. Multitudes that day missed what was happening when Jesus was beaten. Many missed what was happening when Jesus was being crucified. And if we're not careful today, we can miss it as well. But the revelation to them at that time 
was overlooked. Their spotless lamb was being sacrificed for their sin. Their answer was right in front of them. Their hope was humbly standing before them. That spotless lamb was sacrificed for their sin. That spotless lamb was sacrificed for our sin. That spotless lamb was sacrificed for the sin of the whole world back then and now. Jesus still is the answer. In the middle of political upheaval, in the middle of religious unrest, Jesus willingly stretched his arms wide and he willingly offered himself for our salvation. Church, we need to realize where we are. In the middle of political upheaval and in the midst of religious unrest, can we as the church stretch our arms out and reach people around us? Can we uh, set aside every other weight, every other distraction, and be like Jesus and reach out to those around us? Because that's our job. That is our number one priority. Yes, you are allowed to have your own opinions. I'm allowed to have my own opinions. I can uh, have my own perspective of things as much as you, I'm sure, have your own perspective and probably even a different perspective of things. But we as the church must discern the same thing, and that is this. It is time for the church to reach out to those around us because people are hungry people are searching and people are scared and there's only one hope for humanity and that is Jesus the savior of the world let's get off the news and let's go out to the streets and reach people around us we spent some time at our local neighborhood park. And man, when you look at the news, and we need to stay informed, yes, but we can't let the news around us create anxiety, chaos, bitterness, anger, and all of that within us. And trust me, that would be very easy to allow that to happen. But when you look at the news, you think the world is going up in flames. But when you get off the news and you get out amongst people again, you're reminded of the need. We spent some time at our lake, uh, local neighborhood park and there's a playground there and kids are playing and parents are hanging around. And that right there is where the church is supposed to be. The church is supposed to be where the people are because Jesus came and died for people and we are his body on this earth. 
earthly kingdoms are not why Jesus came. People are why Jesus died. Say that right where you are. People are why Jesus died. The good ones and the bad ones. The ones we like and the ones we dislike. Jesus died for everyone. But when he died, when this terrible crucifixion was taking place, many missed it. He did not die on some majestic mountain with a beautiful backdrop of heaven. In reality, Jesus, yes, Scripture says he was taken to the place of the skull, but he was not on some top of a mountainside. The reality of it is, is Jesus was crucified in some back corner on the side of the road. The greatest victory over death and hell took place on the side of the road. As people passed by, some mocking, they missed what was really happening. In their eyes, it's just another day. It's just another man being crucified. Because crucifixions were very common in that day. The crucifixion of Jesus was not some uh, abnormal event in their eyes because people were crucified all the time. So as they're going about their business, as some are preparing for Passover, as some are going to the marketplace or doing whatever it was that they were doing that day, and they saw this man carrying a cross beaten beyond recognition, looked terrible, and they hang him on this cross. They had seen it before. It was just another day. And so their opinion was he's a criminal. Their perspective as he hung on that cross was that he was helpless and hopeless like any other man on the cross. But they did not discern what was really happening. They did not detect the war taking place in the spirit realm. While Jesus was agonizing on the cross, he was purchasing the salvation of our souls. As he hung there in agony, pain, and suffering, Jesus was buying the salvation of our souls with every drop of blood that dripped from his body. In the natural, he was dying. But in the spiritual, we find in Colossians 2 that he was disarming the rulers and authorities, those supernatural forces of evil that operate against us. He was making a public example of them, exhibiting them as captives in his triumphal procession and triumphing over them through the cross. In the natural, Jesus looked helpless, but in the spiritual, Jesus was conquering the, the, the principalities and powers of the enemy. 
everything that is against us, Jesus conquered on the cross. Yes, evil is still in this world. Yes, there are evil spirits that are still at work, but Jesus conquered them on the cross. And whoever wants to get victory over that can by going through the door, which is Jesus Christ. What is taking place, what took place that day was spiritual. Jesus won the greatest victory that could ever be won. But it looked like any other day in some people's opinion. From some people's perspective, this happens all the time. But they did not discern what was really taking place in the spirit realm. And what is taking place in the world today is spiritual. What has taken place this year in this nation is spiritual. Even if it seems like evil is prevailing. I've got good news for you. Evil will not prevail. No matter what takes place in the future, no matter how bad it may seem to get here on earth, evil will not prevail. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And the reality of it is, is you have your opinions. I have my opinions. We each have our own perspective of what's taking place in the world. But we must, as the church, discern that God is doing something. God is shifting. God is awakening. God is stirring. God is convicting. God is crushing. God is moving. He is trying to awaken us to do what we're called to do. He is bringing darkness to light. He is revealing evil. He is showing the world how frail we are. And some people are going to see it and they're going to find Jesus. And some people are going to miss it and their end is destruction. But we cannot discern based off of what we see. We must discern based off of what the Spirit reveals. In the middle of the political upheaval and religious unrest, Jesus laid down his life so that we could have new life in Christ. In the middle of our political upheaval and religious unrest, and yes, there's religious unrest, there is religious unrest. There are religions revealed 
all throughout this year. Some people's religion is government, causes. We have seen that demonstrated. And we are not a religion. We are the people of God. We don't live our life based off of our own interpretation of Scripture. We live according to the Word of God. We're different. We are a part of God's holy nation. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. And so... We're not some religion, even though that would be how some would describe us. We are the people of God. And so in the middle of our nation's political upheaval and religious unrest that moves throughout this nation, it is time for the church to reach out with love and compassion mercy, grace, but with boldness, fervency, passion. Because we have this confidence that while earthly kingdoms rise and fall, and they have since the beginning of time, the kingdom of God which you and I are a part of, has no end. Isaiah 9-7 tells us of the increase of his government, there will be no end. It's ever expanding. It's ever conquering. We're going to be spending a lot of time talking about the kingdom in the next couple of months, but that is why it's important for new life to have the mindset That if God wills it, and there's an area that doesn't have a church, we're going to go into that area under the direction of the Holy Ghost and be a part of expanding the kingdom of God. Why? Because of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. You can't have enough churches. And that's what we're a part of. That is who we are. And if we're going to do what God has called us to do, we must have spiritual discernment. I know. Let me talk very plainly with you. I'm not trying to get on to anybody or anything. My, my, my point is this. We all have our own opinions about the condition of our society. We all have our own perspective of things because we all have different backgrounds and everything. And that's great. We should uh, be concerned about this nation we live in because it's obvious that it is, uh, there, there, there's a group that is trying to take it away completely from 
uh, biblical values, just 100% completely opposite of biblical values. And we've been blessed to live in a nation that uh, was founded upon biblical values. We haven't been a perfect nation, but this nation is made up of people. So obviously it's going to be an imperfect nation, but we've been very blessed and we cannot deny that. And yes, we uh, need to have a voice in, in that sense, but with our own opinions and our own perspectives, we cannot fail to discern this fact. We must discern, and you can only discern spiritual things when the Spirit reveals it to you and when you're Spirit-filled. If you're a child of God, then you can discern the things of God. The reality of it is, is I believe that people are awakening in the United States. And I'm just talking real plainly now. People are awakening in the United States. And some people don't necessarily know what they're awakening to, but they're realizing, hey, something's taking place. They don't know what it is, but they know something's happening. I know what it is. You know what it is. We should know what it is by discerning that, yes, what's happening in the natural just looks like uh, a political upheaval and, and just, just it's been a crazy year and we blame it on the virus. No, no, no. That's what's happening in the natural. In the natural, Jesus was dying. In the spiritual, he was fighting a spiritual war. What's happening in the natural is, 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 is protests and virus and, 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 and a presidential election and, and people's opinions and perspectives. And that's what's happening in the natural. But with spiritual eyes, let us be able to discern what's happening in the spiritual. It is a full-fledged collision of good versus evil. It is the spirit of the Antichrist, the kingdom of the Antichrist, trying to come against and set up and take over. It's Antichrist. That means anti-God. Anything that is biblical, anything that is anointed of God, that spirit is against it. You are Holy Ghost filled. If you have been born again of the water and spirit, you are Holy Ghost filled. You are anointed of God because the spirit of God is in you. That spirit is against you. You don't have to be some preacher or big evangelist or uh, some, you know, prophet of God to be anointed. You just need to be a child of God. And if you are a child of God, if you're a part of the kingdom of God, that spirit is against you. Guard your home, guard your mind, guard your family. I pray covering over my family. I pray covering over this church because we're entering into some crazy times spiritually. But this is also the best time for us to rise up and declare we have the message of hope. Jesus, I've come to preach the message that can change your life. It is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is the message of hope that is going to change this world. And people are looking for that answer. They don't know necessarily what they're looking for, but they're looking for something. And we are a part of this great kingdom. So no matter what rises or falls, we are a part of a kingdom whose increase will never end. That's why we've got to tell everybody about Jesus. Reach out with love and compassion. And let's recognize 
and discern what's happening. Because when you can discern what's happening, the Spirit of God will give you peace and strength for what lies ahead. We have nothing to fear. We have no reason to be overcome with anxiety. We have no reason to be overcome with any worry or care of this life. Because Jesus said in this world, in this life, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So let's reach out to those around us. Just like Jesus did in the middle of the society he lived in. Let us in the middle of the society we live in be the hands and feet of Jesus and with outstretched arms reach as many people as we can and let the Spirit of God through us do what it wills. Let our prayer be, Lord, help me see what you see. Let me see the world around me how you see the world around me. Give us peace in our hearts. Give us peace in our families, our homes. I speak the peace of God over New Life Church, over every family. God, I pray that you would help us to love the way you love. Let the perfect love of God flow through us to those around us. And give us discernment that we would not be distracted, but that we, God, would be about the purpose you've called us to. That is, that is our prayer. That should be our prayer. Give us discernment that we would not be distracted, but that we would be focused on our mission. I pray that God strengthens you gives you a boldness like you've never had before, a heart full of faith like never before, and peace that passes understanding. Let it fill your heart and mind, and let's be the church that God desires us to be. God bless you. Have a good night.